because I'm always going off how I feel. Like I'm not going to go and record a song if I don't feel the beat emotionally anyway. So mm -hmm. I think I just get in a certain headspace and I just, I want to make sure that music reflects that. So I'm constantly conscious of that when yeah. recording music. Welcome back, everybody, to the Soul Serum Podcast. I am your, we've been going up like the Aegon host, Clay Bonin. I am usually joined by my, she just popped a pill, and I don't think it's ibuprofen, co-host Tanner Mavis. He's not here with us today, unfortunately, but we're still here. Soul Serum Podcast, you know the fucking vibes. Uh, go follow us on Instagram and Twitter, obviously, at Soul Serum and Soul Serum TV. Subscribe to us on YouTube, main page, TV page. Follow us on TikTok, Discord, Patreon, all the shit's in the bio. Don't worry about it. Um, and this is our first interview back. This is our first interview in 2022. And as a matter of fact, it is our first time having a guest return onto the show. Um, it's been almost nine months since the last time we've talked, but I'm happy to see him back here. And his newest project, Be Careful What You Wish For, just dropped. Go get that everywhere. Uh, welcome back to the show, Hayes from the KY. Sir, I'm happy to see you. I'm happy that you're back on the, on the podcast, man. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah, Man, yeah, no you, complaints. You all drove up here from Louisville today in the in the cold, cold Cincinnati. Weather. It started to snow a little bit on the oh, way. Oh, for real? Yeah, a little flurries. Dude, it's but. weird. Like the the weather up here and the weather in Louisville. Like sometimes it's the same, and then other times it'll be like the complete opposite. I don't know if the elevation has anything to do with that. I feel like my ears kind of popped like coming in. We we definitely are. Cincinnati is like at a higher elevation than than Louisville is, but yeah, you know. Are you a meteorologist? Or? I don't know anything about that type of shit. For <laughs> Any real. meteorologists who are watching the podcast, come holler at us. We need to know about elevation and weather changes. Um, but man, so as at the time of recording this, your new project, Be Careful What You Wish For, came out a little bit under a month ago. Um, congrats on that, Appreciate by the that. way. Uh, how does it feel to get the tape out into the world? Because I, I know you've been sitting on a lot of these songs like for a while, yeah, right? Yeah, I have. I, I think um, you played one or two of the songs after the the first podcast that we did, which was like nine months ago. So I right. know you've had these songs for a while. Yeah, I made the first part of that project like like in like a week or two time period. It was really quick. Um, mm -hmm. Like a lot of that stuff that you heard was like I made it probably February of 2021. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it feels really good to get, you know, a lot of that off my chest. It was 17 tracks, so it was a big chunk of music and you know I had been sitting on it for a little bit but it was all you know 99% of that project was recorded in 2021 mm -hmm. so it was a lot of fresh music that I kind of saved up real quick and then dropped it the end of the year so yeah and um like last time that we talked you hadn't dropped a project in like over two years and then you dropped Kentucky Fried and this time it's been like eight or so months, nine months since you dropped that. So what has like changed? Like how how are you uh, tackling your your music, um, like dropping and, and promotion? Um, like, are I, you in a different mode now or, or is this just like how the, the pieces have fallen? I think I always get better with staying consistent. Um, that's always been a big issue with me and I'm sure for a lot of other artists, too. Um, it's always like a race against time to stay consistent and, you know, roll out music videos while getting new music together. And mm -hmm. 
I don't know. It's a lot. Uh, you just have to be, you have to prepare a lot. And if you're not, you know, if you don't have things ready to go before things need to be released and you kind of have that hiatus. So that's why I had the hiatus as far as like not dropping music until Kentucky Fried. I was just mm-hmm. wanting to get a big lump sum of music together to even drop. But as far as what's changed, I don't know. I just, like I said, I think I'm just more fine-tuned as far as staying efficient and being um, consistent overall. Yeah. Um, Honing in the focus, yeah, if you will. And used to, like, I would kind of wait to get inspired to record things, and now it's like if I – there's no creative block. If I don't feel like recording that day, I'm still going to attempt to make a song at least. So it's like a good exercise. It keeps yeah. your 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 creative like muscles flexed right. to do that. Yeah. Honestly, I feel that way with the podcast sometimes. I'll like sit down to edit it and I'm just like I really don't like want to do this, but right. like you know, you know that like that consistency of still working towards it like it's going to be better for the overall project. Exactly. You know? Yeah, you'll be glad that you did it later for sure. Yeah, we recorded a podcast uh earlier this week so that I didn't have to do like the one day turnaround on this podcast. And I was low key like, fuck, I really like, I'm just like, we recorded it late at night. It was just like a weird thing. But I was like, I know sometimes you got to like trick yourself and tell your mind like, yo, this is going to be better for you. you yeah. Just suck it up and do it. Definitely. Um, so let's talk about the project. Let's talk about be careful what you wish for. How, how have people been receiving it? What are you, uh, what are you seeing from everybody? You were really there? excited about it. Um, I'm a quantity or excuse me, quality over quantity type of person mm. in a lot of aspects. And, you know, I don't have the most fans in the world, but the people that that do tap in, like I, I see profound things from people, mm. the, the things they say about the project. And it I don't know, I feel really blessed that people have received it this well and that because I care a lot about the music that I do release. And mm. especially this project, it was pretty personal to me. And the fact that people most people say that they have listened from top to bottom, you know, and yeah. and this day and age of attention spans, you know, that that also means a lot to me that people can like, you know, they can know. it's valuable enough that people want to go through and yeah. listen to the whole thing. Yeah, 17 songs low key is kind of a lot like as far as like the 2022 landscape of music. 17 songs is kind of a lot. Like right. did you consider that at all when you were Hell putting it yeah. together? Cuz at first like like the a good chunk, a good half of be careful what you wish for was like like I said, recorded in probably a week or two time mm-hmm. back in February. So hell, I had like eight, nine, ten like songs ready to go off that by like midsummer, and I was just gonna drop it as like a little EP. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just I'm a big fan of like larger projects in general. I just feel like I don't know. Like when I look back at some of my favorite artists, like when they really released that project, mm-hmm. you know, like. I don't know. It just kind of ushers in an era for like culture and that artist. So I think it's important to to take projects seriously and not just kind of throw yeah. them out there. I, uh, I, as has been said on this podcast many times, I'm a bit of a stickler about album length. It's just like a, like a trivial, like kind of nerdy music thing. 17 songs for me personally, I feel like is a lot, but I think it's, it worked on this project, but that is yeah. always something like that. I'm, like I'll, I'm like, all right, I'm about to listen to this album. What's it gonna be? If it's like 21 songs, hour 10, I'm yeah. like, fuck. No, that's like, too come much. On. Unless, yeah. unless the album is like a masterpiece, or it's coming from somebody who is 
capable of producing a masterpiece right. like sometimes but your your album is still under an hour though yeah right yeah i think it's like 49 minutes yeah and i think that that like that's also something too is like i get caught up sometimes in like the track number but like 49 minutes i think is a is a good album length as well um so the new project for me it, it's it's interesting, like you've created an atmosphere with this one that was different than on Kentucky Fried, right? It's it's dark, it, but it's also kind of glitzy. There's like this like yeah. guilty pleasure yeah. kind <laughs> of mood about it. Um, sure. So talk to me about how you developed the direction for this project. So you made it within, you made most of it within like a week or two. Yeah. So Bro, it was, was like that the, like a chaotic like week or two? Boy. Or? <laughs> um, yeah, it was definitely chaotic. Um, I was going through like a lot of seasonal depression and just a lot of drama and a lot of bullshit in my life about a year ago. And I was I was trying to wrap up Kentucky Fried. And um, I don't know, my, my, my homie Quentin, my manager, actually put me on to some forever on beats. And he was like, bro, you just need to like – get outside of your box and just make music right now. Even though you're going through it, you're trying to wrap this project up, just like keep recording. And yeah, I made a bunch of, a bunch of really heartfelt songs and they were really easy to make. You know, I was treating music as like my just complete outlet at that point. I was just mm -hmm. so damn stressed out. And so, yeah, I made, I love when everybody's drunk, ear ecstasy, late nights, misery. Well, I think all four of those in like a week. And I was like, damn, this really has a cohesive feel to it already. And like, it just kind of naturally took its own direction. And I was like, yeah, I need to, that's, that's going back to what I said. That's why I thought it was going to be like an eight, nine track EP. Mm -hmm. And then as I like developed the project, I was like, oh, you know, I should just keep going with this sound and direction because yeah. it's something I want to elaborate on. When that, when the forever rolling tag hits on misery, I'm like, oh. God, he's got a great producer tag. Yeah, no. That is, fuck. I, one day, I'm saying this to the camera so I can remember it for later. I want to do a producer tag ranking tier list type video or something. Yeah, that'd be fun. Forever Roland has a really good one. Um, so when you were like, so then, so you realize that you like have this kind of sound, right? And then do you start picking beats a little differently, like to try and... Um, put it all together or are you just like making songs and when you find one that kind of fits then you're like oh okay I'll, I'll put this one in here I try too. to go that second direction because I don't want to put myself in a box mm -hmm. making music at any point in time but at the same time a lot of times I just kind of naturally find what I need and because I'm always going off how I feel like I'm not going to go and record a song if I don't feel the beat emotionally anyways so mm -hmm. I think I just get in a certain headspace and I just I want to make sure that music reflects that. So I'm constantly conscious of that when yeah. recording music. So, um, but the thing is like, as that project developed a little bit, I kind of, I saw this idea of a more like full length project, something that I'd never really done before. And I kind of started to think of like great albums that I liked. And I was like, yo, like you need to have, you need to switch it up a little bit. Cause mm -hmm. nobody's going to listen to 10 plus songs of the same type of vibe, you know? Yeah. Um, and there were other aspects of those, those feelings and things I was going through that I didn't want it to be so one dimensional. I wanted to elaborate on it a little bit more. So, yeah. well, I think one thing, one of the songs I specifically want to talk about that I think relates to this kind of is, uh, living dead. I, I've never heard you experiment with your vocals 
like that before on any of the other music there's like a real strain and like a real regret in that chorus like so just talk to me about that song a little bit like what was what was going through your mind what was happening when you were recording that one so i made that right before i probably made that in october so i like be careful what you wish for the recording sessions were kind of in two different parts i made a lot of music at the beginning of 2021 and then kind of waned off as after, as I released Kentucky Fried. And then like low-key right before I dropped the project, I kind of got a second win and made a bunch of songs. Um, and I made Living Dead. And I've always heard people tell me they're like, you know, you're going hard, like you're making great music, but they're like, I feel like you're just holding back a little bit. There's something that you're not mm-hmm. getting off your chest. Yeah. You're not just going as hard as you can. Yeah. And that's always been like a goal of mine because like you know as an artist when you're on the microphone like you can always you always feel like you can get that better take you can always be like going harder you can always write a little more yeah you can always write a little more in depth and so with that song i was like i'd already like written like the chorus it just came off top and i was like bro this is a chance that i can just go the fuck in Mm -hmm. and i think i was literally naturally just going that hard on the microphone that it like sounds like that that's why the first like couple minutes of that i'm just yeah know, there's, to the max. there's real strain did the first percocet you take have fentanyl in it bro i'm pretty sure it did <laughs> because which is fucked up to talk about yeah um, yeah but i mean yeah i put it in the damn song which was like the play on that i was like i'm not proud of it please don't retell it right right and no I and I, I think that like this was a great song for you to do this with your voice on because I think it relates to like the lyrics very well. You know, it it has added another dimension. Like the song Living Dead could have been one thing, but having this strain and like you hear the actual like uh, guilt or regret in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I think that added a, a whole dimension to the song, a new dimension. Well, that moment, I've never really talked about that in music. And there's a lot of things that I, I don't talk about in music, a lot of things that I've been through and seen. And I don't know, it's not anything I want to glorify, but that was something I just wanted to get off my chest. Yeah. Um, it doesn't sound like you're glorifying it in the song. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? That's a, it's a cautionary tale for yeah. sure. But I always love, like, I love lyrics that have shock factor, but still mm-hmm. hold weight. And I, when I'm writing songs like that, I'm like, damn, can I like, spice things up any and that just kind of came off and i was like fuck yeah. that's like that's pretty wild to put in a chorus but it just felt i feel like it worked for that song so yeah. well talk to me the other one i want to talk about for sure is ear ecstasy little little club banger type yeah. type vibes talk oh, to me I about made, that i song. made that one like when i made the other songs too if i didn't mention that yeah um i think what you showed me after the podcast i think you showed me i love when everybody's drunk and I think you showed me your ecstasy. Yeah, but I, I don't know if did you have the name for it at that time? I don't, nah, really, I don't think you did. I don't. The working title was like, I don't even know. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember I'm either. Sure. But but talk to me about that song too. That what was going on with that? Did you go into it? Did you hear that beat and you were like, ah, yes, this is the one right here. I'm about to make yeah. my club banger. Well, I don't ever. Well, I do kind of consider what type of song it's going to sound like, but. Bro, I just get intimate with the beat. If I like the beat, then I just, I just, everything goes away and I'm just focused on the song itself. Um, and that is a very moving beat, you know, like as soon mm-hmm. as it comes on, it's like, God damn. So I knew it felt fun to record and it was fun to write and it just kind of naturally came. And so like looking, as soon as that song was recorded, I was like, bro, this is probably going to be the favorite, you know, because yeah. it's, uh, 
It's got you a, just kind of know. It's got that fucking like that pressing, that pushing, yeah, beat to it, and it's hard not to to like move your head to it, you know. And also, produce or excuse me, Fist produced that one. He also produced Twin Pack off Kentucky mm-hmm. Fry, which was mm-hmm. kind of the favorite as well. So, bro, I want to get Fish on the podcast, bro. He's been he's been mentioned like a couple of times on the podcast and the stuff that he's been doing recently. If you like listen to any of the stuff he's been doing with Wyland. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that sound a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely more, um, I keep saying club banger, but th- that's not really what I mean. I mean, like song that gets you moving. Song yeah. that gets you moving. It's just dancing, you know, it's dancing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's been making a lot of dancey stuff recently. Um, He's fucking fire though. I love I love all the stuff that he touches. Um, speaking of producers, shout out to uh, our good friends Rocco and Gately, who both show up on uh, on Be Careful What You Wish For. Actually, Rocco and Gately cooked up beats in this exact spot that oh, we fire. are sitting in before the podcast was like fully set up. Like I got like the turf down and everything, and they just like came over and just like nice. set the laptop up. Um, how did you connect with them? Um, I met Rocco at uh, Tanner's birthday party last year. Oh, right, right, right. And right. then, but I had known about him because of Joe Dirt. He was mixing Gucci songs, and uh, Rocco had produced some of them. Mm-hmm. And I always really fucked with Rocco's production. I actually want more beats, Rocco. If you're listening to this, <laughs> please respond to my DMs. Uh, I feel like I feel like Rocco. Don't don't feel uh, all love Rocco, but he do be taking a long time to reply sometimes, though. You know, I've seen that man's messages app. It's got it's got like 127 in the bubble. Jesus like, oh, Christ, Christ, that would bro. give me an anxiety attack. Bro. Yeah, I, dude. As soon I as I have a fucking red bubble, I'm like on yeah. the shit, bro. I can't do it. Um, what were we talking? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got connected with Rocco through that. And then Gately, I think I I just met him at um a show in Louisville probably a couple months ago. But mm-hmm. I think I heard some beats. I think him and Pango have posted some together. And bro, if I hear something I like and I think that it's like accessible as far as production goes, like I won't hesitate to reach out. So I think yeah. I think I just hit him up and was like, "Yo, I'm trying to get this like now." And <laughs> he like I don't know. He I didn't get it till like few days later and then i ended up in florida i was in tampa bay and just wrote that song down there he had sent me like a beat pack like a week mm-hmm. or two later so yeah. that was in april are you a florida man too obviously you know kentucky i'm man, a crazy ass florida man you know <laughs> you be you be sitting out on the beach a little too long leathery skin uh i wear sunscreen i wear hella sunscreen what spf um, we talking about the thing is, I've heard that the SPF doesn't really make a difference if it's above like 30 or 50 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what I hear too, but I, I put or the like, fucking 70 on. It's like glue. Yeah. I fucking put that bitch on. It's like a mental thing for yeah. me, you know? Well, I, it's basically like, even though it's 50 SPF higher, like the 90 is more than, like it doesn't block 50 extra percent of the sun. It's only like right. two more percent or something. Man, so we need meteorologists and sunscreen manufacturers so, to hit us up. For after, sure. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> um, well, uh, let's talk. Let's let's stick with talking about the beats for a second, because I I love your ear for beats. And I think sometimes when you compliment somebody like about their song and you're like, oh, I love this beat. It almost feels like a way of me being like, hey, your part was okay. It's all right. But the like beat though. But but I mean this like genuinely though. Like I think you have a really good ear for beats. So like what 
tickles your ear as far as like inspiration or um, sound? Like, what are you attracted to? Um, like I said, I know it when I hear it. It's a feeling more than anything. Um, first of like, first off, if like the percussion isn't there, it's hard to really rap over anything or yeah. do anything with it. So the percussion has to just be like has to move me in some type of way. Mm-hmm. I like groovy shit. So yeah. yeah, percussion is like a huge thing. And also like I like catchy songs. If like if a beat makes me if a beat makes a melody come into my head, then I'm more apt to like, you know, mm-hmm. definitely record it like that. Um I don't know. I just know when I hear it. I can't really explain it. I know when it's me. I know when I can do something over yeah. a beat. You yeah. Know? It's got to be unique. Like to you, that yeah. is. It has to be unique to you. Yeah, For sure. That makes sense. Um, how was the show in Louisville recently? It was good. How, um, was, how was it? it I was know our, we, like, we talked about it, but but let's talk about it at large on the podcast now. I think though. it could have been better. Um, it was have last second. Have you performed a lot? Like, have you performed a lot of live shows? I've done several. I've done like handfuls. Um, I used to do a bunch in Nashville when I lived there mm-hmm. back in the day. That was like... Well, they have fucking... Like, you can like every mile you can perform music at like 70 different places in Nashville. Right. And there was right? a big like underground scene like there as far as like hip hop. They've they've always been trying to pioneer like hip hop there um as a scene. It's still kind of struggling to form there. But there was a big like DIY scene at the time. So I was doing hella shows down there. But the last show I'd done in Louisville was late 2019, right before the pandemic um with trap steve actually and then he came out for this one shout as well. out trap steve by the way um but yeah i mean it was last second it was it was a good turnout but i feel like we could have sold more tickets if covid didn't hit yeah again yeah that was unfortunate Fucking you decepticon were, or whatever yeah yeah i mean fuck man we couldn't even do our first podcast right. that we had scheduled because of the the fucking fungus man exactly um but what is the like so i haven't i haven't lived in louisville for like a couple years but you know i'm still like fuck with people and i'm tapped in there but like what is the what is the louisville hip-hop scene right now from the perspective of an artist like how how do you feel about it Bro, I don't even really think about the scene like that all that often. Um, it's funny you ask that because, like, I don't, I'm not even – I wouldn't even call it, like, a rap scene. Like, there's a there's definitely artists that I fuck with from Louisville, but mm. I'm not – I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't really call myself even part of, like, a hip-hop scene there or really? anything. Really? Yeah. Interesting. See, for, from, from my perspective, just, like, seeing it through, like, Instagram and shit basically is, like – it seems like there are more people in Louisville now, like looking to become rappers or just artists in general, which like is not necessarily a bad thing. But I think there's like the obvious influence from Jack and Bryson and and just like Louisville just started to get a little bit more light on it. Right. It seems like there are a lot of of people trying to like move and do shit in Louisville yeah. right now. But you don't feel like you're a part of like the scene though? I mean, I feel like I'm part of the scene. I just think that Louisville has a, a very rich culture and I wouldn't associate that culture with just being like a hip hop rap scene. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I just feel like it has a natural homegrown culture and like I don't know. I don't know. I just, true, true. Yeah, I'm not originally from Louisville, so I can only speak on what i've seen for the past couple years but 
I don't know. There's a lot of other things that inspire me about Louisville other than just like strictly like the rap scene, even though there are so many talented like rap artists mm -hmm. out of Kentucky and out of Louisville, period. Yeah. Well, what um, inspires you? What uh, about it? Um, Is it the murky waters of the Ohio River? Yo, side note, side note, I just got to say this real quick. Uh, go Bengals who day. But we watched the Bengals play on TV yesterday and they showed this aerial shot of like Paul Brown Stadium in the Ohio River. And it just looked like shit, dude. It looked so bad. I was like, man, get this fucking camera angle off the screen, bro. Don't show these people this. Like, I'm sorry. I had to get that off my chest. I'm going to just but. start naming artists that I fuck with from Louisville. That's okay. all I can that really do. Too. That works too. I fuck too. with Hendo Houdini. Mm -hmm. Shout out him. Um, Zanai is another great artist from Louisville. Uh, I mean, these never, are people I actually like tap me. in and listen to. She never hit me back in the DMs. Hit him back. Come Zanaya, on now, girl. Hit me back, please. Um, she lives in New York now, though, true. right? So, oh, um, we But yeah, all these artists I've listened to and fuck with personally. Um, Hendo, great artist. Zanaya. Sloob. Um, I actually went to elementary school with him. Him and uh, Tufo. Yeah. Wait, you Damn. went to Brandeis? Damn. All right, we got to talk about that on our podcast. We got to talk about that. Damn, that's crazy for real. Damn. I don't think I have any yearbooks here. Um, anywho, anywho. Yeah, I went to I went to elementary school with them though. Damn, you also went to elementary school with my brother too. How old are you? You know John Bonine? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. All right. All right. Wait, this isn't even your podcast yet, man. Chill, chill out over there. Chill out over there. Uh, <laughs> you're good. You're good, bro. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, other artists that I fuck with. Um, shout out Trap Steve. Shout out Trap well. Steve. Uh, fuck. See, I don't know Brian the Bandit. I've never met him, but his music Dude, goes crazy. I fuck with Brian Bandit. Savvy B. He is like my, that's like my gym music, bro. Everything that he puts out, just like, I've heard the blender so hard that I fucking broke it. I'm just in the gym, just like, fuck yeah. This is what I need right now, bro. I should shout out Brian Bandit. Um, I want to ride in your Hellcat too. <laughs> you think I should do? I should DM him and just like not even ask for an interview. Just be like, can I ride what a, around? What in your about Hellcat an interview in the Hellcat? Ooh, now we are talking. That would be fine. We wouldn't be able to hear anything. You'd just hear like, what? Uh, yeah. yeah. Man, you ever been to Atlanta? Yeah. Bro, the Hellcat scene down there, bro, bro it is so. I was crazy. coming through back from Florida and I stopped at a gas station and Hellcats everywhere. Like, what the, how do y'all? Dude, it's like, what? everywhere. I thought it was like a joke, but they are. It's it like didn't the Twilight matter. Zone. Where we. <laughs> It's like GTA. Like once you see one car, it's like they're just everywhere. <laughs> Everybody's been buying the fucking Hellcat add-ons of GTA. No, but like it's crazy though, bro. Like literally, like even on like the outskirts of the city, these motherfuckers have just yeah, just fucking Hellcats. Yeah, it was the outskirts. By. It was like a little south of Atlanta. Man, how do you feel about Atlanta? Have you ever like been to Atlanta? Like really like visited there? Like. Uh, Wade and I are thinking about moving there actually, like once our lease is up in Louisville, which yeah. is a very bittersweet thought. Um, I, I mean, there's, the, I mean, we've, we've, the Soul Serum team is definitely like, we've looked at it, we've talked about it before. Like, there's, there's obvious benefits, especially for like what we do. Right. Like, obviously, you know, Atlanta has a lot of pros, a lot of benefits definitely. to moving there, though. Louisville's just slow sometimes. I mean, I, I really do like the nightlife and the scene in Louisville. Um, but you know, we're still in the middle of Kentucky, and that yeah. definitely has its uh, 
cons setbacks to it so it's i mean like i just hear shit like stories about people in atlanta all the time just like being in a room and they're like a uh, fucking free band gang just like, right. walked in and just like random shit like that and like i mean you just can't get that i don't even think you could get that in like la for real or no. new york for real like there's something atlanta is dope because like as people from kentucky like it's familiar to us you know it's southern right they, have a similar culture, similar like foods, southern draws. You yeah. know what I mean? Obviously, the Georgia accent's way different than the Kentucky accent, but like I could see myself living in Atlanta. I could not see myself living in LA. And I, as Agreed. much as I would love to live in New York, I know myself, and there's no fucking way I can handle the snow, dude. Yeah, I'm true. Fucking, I don't like fucking cold weather at all. Three inches of snow, I'm like. I was about to say something I shouldn't say. (laughs) Three inches of snow, and it really makes me reconsider, like, everything that I've ever done in my life. I'm like, why am I here right now, you know? And going back to what you said about Atlanta, like like you said, you can be in the studio and anybody random could walk in. Like, that's why I would say that Louisville Louisville has a scene, but they don't have a scene like that that I can even really – you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of partying. There's a lot of nightlife. There's a lot of great artists. But in Louisville, I just don't feel like it's to the point where – you there can there even, aren't resources. Yeah. Basically. So that's, I mean, that's the problem that we run into in Cincinnati too. There's a lot of people who are really talented here. Um, but there's some, we just don't have the resources or the market to, to do it. And to be honest, like, like Cincinnati doesn't really have a huge artist related to rap or hip hop to come out of it. You know, like that is one thing I think, like I said earlier, that like seems I'm sure has helped explode the Louisville music scene, obviously, is like Jack and Bryson Tiller. But like you even have like White Reaper. I know they're like Oldham County or whatever, but you know, yeah, for all intents and purposes, knocked loose. Um, all like there's a lot of like actual successful like people coming out of Louisville, whereas in Cincinnati, it's like uh, we got fucking what's his what, what's 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 uh. Walk the moon, walk the moon, and like Joe Burrow. It's like all we got right Tight. now, man. We don't really have. What any. is Walk the Moon? I don't even. They I'm made a familiar. song. It, they made like a retail core song that's like really big. Hold on, hold on. I'll play it real quick. <laughs> I see Spotify updated my my artist image. H and M Music, Best Buy Music. Oh yeah. This song's got a billion streams, bro. Shut up it's and got, dance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote that. You wrote that? Damn, bro. I didn't know that. That's crazy. You probably seeing stupid royalties I if wish. you wrote that. That thing's got a billy on it. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> Would you consider doing like songwriting stuff for people? Like if somebody yeah, yeah, like, like come out come out to the studio, we got a bunch of artists like just trying to make something if the money was right because like i i can definitely come up with stuff and not really be that attached to the art if i absolutely had to Mm -hmm. um i don't think that would be the best feeling though like i feel like with that being said though i would go into that with a different mindset i wouldn't like make it as personal and i would like just kind of subjectively make music or i don't know if that's the right word to describe that but no, no, I know you would make it easier to transfer to another person yeah, rather exactly. than like making it about yourself. Right. I think that would be 
I, would that not be hard though? Like I feel, I mean, you just said you're, you don't have to be too attached to it, but like, I feel like for a lot of people though, I mean, to make be- fucking fire. Yeah. I feel like you do. Cause it comes from an emotional place. So mm. like, even when I'm not feeling a track as much, like I don't sing it as well. You know, when I'm more emotional, like I literally hit the notes better. So right. that's hard to do, but that's, I don't know. There's like, there's a difference between like recording artists and songwriters in general. Like some people are just better at like just writing a good catchy song. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would definitely think about it. Yeah. I know that's like a lot more prevalent in like other styles of music, hip hop yeah. and rap. It's not super. See, when you even like mention that though, I think of like pop songs. I think of like choruses and stuff. Yeah. Like I don't think I would ever ghostwrite like a I mean, for somebody. even like country music in Nashville, like there are some people who live in yeah. Nashville in some nice houses just because they've written some some country songs. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, how is it living in Nashville? Like, what is the scene like in Nashville? Since I've asked you about. See, the I feel like there's scene. more of a music scene in Nashville. That's like there's people there specifically trying to like make music and, and branch out in the music mm-hmm. industry. And it, there's actually a scene centered around that. So there's a lot more recording studios. Um Probably a lot, you know, more producers overall, um, more show opportunities. And this is for like any given artist, you know. Yeah. If you're popping, it doesn't really fucking matter. I mean, you can there's all kind of all kinds of opportunities no matter where you're at. But um, it's definitely more developed in Nashville. Yeah. Um, I mean, they just also have like the history of being a music city too, so right. that helps a lot. Well, there's also so many transplants that come there. Like I said, just to make music. Yeah. Um, Nashville fucking got so many new... We went back in November 2020, I think, to skate. We went on a skate trip there. These motherfuckers got so many new restaurants and breweries and shit like that, bro. It's crazy. You can see, like, where there's, like, destruction from, like, tornadoes. And then, like, right next to it, it's, like... Like, gentrification. Asian street cuisine, you know? like fucked up. And honestly, the Asian street cuisine restaurant was fire as fuck. Yeah. But, but, like, you can definitely see that place is transforming. Oh, yeah. For sure. Even as somebody, like... That was my first time ever there. But I could tell, though. I was like, there's something shifting here. Yeah, I was there from, like, late 2015 to, like, early 2020. And it definitely changed, like, right before my eyes. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was kind of sad to see, you know, like even from what I saw and even the stories I heard, like just, I don't know, a lot of gentrification and like pushing a lot of people out of the city. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just heard the, I just heard the whole landscape of like everything just changed as far as like neighborhoods in, in the city. And yeah, so, you know, shout out Nash Vegas. though. Yeah, shout out Nash Vegas. Right. I mean, it, it definitely formed a lot of me as an artist, you know, a lot of who I am today. So, um I'm actually going to go back there and record like next month. Damn. So nice. Yeah. Nice. You still, didn't you all meet in Nashville? I think you talked yep. about that on the podcast sure the enough. last time. Yeah. yeah. Um, was well, there anything else that you want to say that you want to get off your chest? I, I don't have anything else to ask you today. Um, I think that covers it. I think everybody should tap in and be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. Um, oh shit, bro. How was the new Spider-Man movie? I just oh, got to ask shit. you, how was it? How was it? Bro, I ain't going to lie. Let's not spoil anything just in case anybody... Bro, I, I haven't like, seen it, but... You haven't fucking seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Damn, I bet, bro. I bet no, wonder, no, wonder you're, <laughs> no wonder you're out of fucking questions. Damn. I ain't going to lie, bro. 
<laughs> Damn! Why did you not watch well, that? Well, it, it, it got it, I, one of the like big reveals got spoiled to me. So me too. I still went in there like a soldier, bro. I was ready. I knew it. <laughs> I'm not was saying that's the reason why I haven't seen it, but I am kind of no like, excuses. Well, I saw that bitch twice in 3D. Um, so, so you liked it? Yeah, it's very near and dear to me, um, bro. The weird thing is like. I got the title, Be Careful What You Wish For, randomly. It just kind of hit me. I was like, damn, that's like common phrase, but I wanted to kind of rework it. It was going to be the title. And then all of a sudden, like they released, this was like early 2021, had been locked that in as a title. And then I saw the first like teaser trailer and he was like, be careful what you wish for, Parker. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? It's meant to be. And I'd already like, I think I'd already made that little play on like, Kentucky Fried was the red blue Spider-Man and this new project was going to be like symbiote suit like yeah. Spider-Man 3 and then yeah the fucking teaser trailer came out I was like bro this is meant to be and then I was finally working towards a release date dropped it on the same fucking day the Spider-Man movie dropped and then bro when I went to see it the theme like thematically like it's like parallel bro like really? what he's going through Oh shit. Okay. So you've subconsciously created an accompanying album to the Spider-Man. Which is incredible and I it, that's the truth, bro. And I didn't mean to do that. And granted, you know, our brains make associations like that, but still of course, like of no, I really I've already personally related to that character of Peter Parker, but bro, you just got to go see the movie. Like I cried. I will. will There were tears rolling down my face and I don't cry on movies. Not that emotional of a person, but I cried for 45 minutes straight, bro. Just because of how much I related to what this person was going through. Like amazing. Wow. So this is this the best Spider-Man movie. And I don't mean your personal favorite. I mean, is this, if you had to objectively rank, the Spider-Man movies. All I can say is I'm proud of what they've done with this one. Mm, mm, I'm okay. proud of this film. I'm glad that they like... I'm Yeah, I'm, they did the right thing with this okay. one. I think a lot of fans will get a lot from it and have. So, What's your um, personal favorite Spider-Man movie? Still Into the Spider-Verse because... Like Damn, I got I always look, whenever I ask that question, that one never... I never think about that, but that I'll is, give you my top three okay, or top me. four because... It's hard to pick. All right. <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man 2002, just because that is fucking classic. Toby. Legendary, iconic. And then this one, no particular order. And then um, Far From Home was really good, too. I really enjoyed mm. that. But I'll leave that off. But top three. Those. Yeah, I like Spider-Man, too. Okay. I like Spider-Man, too. I, I, I would like to it's rewatch it. I haven't watched it in a while, but that was the one that I was always like, yeah, Spider Man yeah. 2 is my movie. Well, it's critically like they always say that that one's yeah. a really good one. They so. got emotional. Yeah. They were like, but what if he had feelings? Yeah, exactly. What if the superhero felt exactly. something? You know? Yeah. MCU. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, my girl has recently started, I've started to watch some of the MCU movies, and I've always been like, I've never been super into like superhero movies or anything. I like things grounded in realness. Like, you know, like right. sometimes I just can't turn my brain off. Right. But like I've been watching them and and if if I like put the blinders on and I'm like, all right, Clay, it's a fucking superhero movie. Like you don't have to be critical of the fact that they're destroying New York City. And like, what does that mean logistically? You know, just like just watch these people. Well, they address beat that. some ass. Do they? Yeah. OK. The I Department don't think- of Damage Control. 
Okay, I don't think I've gotten that far. That I've watched the first Avengers, Captain Marvel, Guardians of the Galaxy, and I saw the first Iron Man when it came out. Okay. But like, as far as rewatching the movies, those are the only ones I've seen so far. So. Yeah, they address all that. All right, all right, that yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. I love, I just love watching people destroy New York City, and in my mind, I'm just like, what does this mean? How are they doing? They're causing this? millions and millions of damage. Like that yeah. can't be good for society. <laughs> Yeah, no, imagine it. all the all those memes that are that are like, uh, like imagine being in your high rise apartment and you just see this motherfucker Bro, coming. Like I'd be pissed. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Uh, well, thank you for coming on, bro. I appreciate you coming on the podcast again. Um, I want to remind everybody to follow us on. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Where can they find you? Everywhere. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker, you heard him right. Find me everywhere. Uh, Everywhere, (laughs) goddammit. Your mama's bedroom. Um, (laughs) Apple Music, um, Spotify, YouTube, all that. Anything you can think of as far Uh as streaming platforms go. Except SoundCloud. I don't release any of my new stuff on SoundCloud because I feel like they're monetization systems kind of fucked up. So, But anyways, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on TikTok. I want to go viral on there, so help me out. Making chicken sandwiches and shit. Yes. Hey, I'll make a mean spicy chicken sandwich. <laughs> well, um, you can find us everywhere as well at Soul Serum, at Soul Serum TV, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to us on YouTube, the main page, the TV page. John, is the video going to be out by the time that this this podcast comes out? Go fucking watch the new E video, man. We went to a Christmas tree farm. Go watch that shit. It was cold as fuck. It was like 9 a.m. It was 5 degrees. It was terrible. Go watch the new video. Um, and as always, I am your host, Clay Bonin. Hayes from the KY. And we will see you all next week. Deuces.